0: And welcome to Farm Chatter. We're your hosts, Julia Miller and Donna Kuntz. This podcast follows the efforts of two women and their cats as we reinvent, rediscover, and create our modern homestead. We'll share our tips, tricks, successes, and fails. Keep coming back. It's going to get interesting. Hello and welcome back to Farm Chatter, the official podcast of 5 Line Farm. As we mentioned last week, we're taking a short break to refresh mind and body, although I worry about how much body will be refreshed (laughs) because I'm sure we'll be doing some projects.
1: We'll do a little, but I think that the temperatures are supposed to be a lot better, too, so that will help.
0: It will help. So in the meantime, we're going to replay a previous recorded interview.
1: Yes, we did an interview with our friends michael and beth gillespie um i don't know it's a couple years ago and early on in the podcast and uh, it was a great interview we had fun and um, this one is michael is a professor at eastern illinois university and um, he and beth both do a lot with the food pantry the local food pantry and michael's um, interest is really in food insecurity and they both do a lot for families and so in this episode we will be talking to them about michael's research and food insecurity we hope you enjoy that
2: you recook it in there so it yeah oh that sounds good and it has to be because my mom started this uh, and I don't know where she got the idea from, but she made this when I was growing up. It has to be stovetop top stuffing. It can't be. Any, it can't be oh, anything else. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. It has. Okay. It has to be that. Like, I tried to do it with stuffing, like real stuffing, one year, with breadcrumbs. Every- no, didn't go. It wasn't over. the no, same. No. New. No. It my lapped. mom. My mom said, no. This is not it. This is not right. So moms know. Mm. Moms know. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But that's uh, but that's a great thing about we we've been hosting Thanksgiving um, before we even moved to Charleston. We would host it uh, back right after we got married at our house in Jackson, Michigan, uh, where we lived while I was finishing up my dissertation and. Um, and we started hosting it there, and then when we moved down here, we were the only ones because uh, our rest of our family was back in Michigan or scattered around. And so we just in started inviting people from the community, friends that we made, uh, students for sure uh, always are invited. And so my mom and dad started coming down here for Thanksgiving, and so they've made the trek the past four or five years now. Yep. And um, and so I put we put on a whole party. I mean, we do. I do. I get the the turkey from the Amish farm uh up in arthur Uh, i ordered it a few weeks ago this year we're expecting upwards of 22 people
1: wow impressive (laughs) that is very impressive So i I
2: asked i asked them for a 30 pound turkey and they laughed and i said well anything north of 25 would be great (laughs) Uh, i had to order a new roasting pan for that um Mm. I'm but, wondering about an oven. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Might be coming over. Hey, about come on that. over. <laughs> come Put on turkey. <laughs> Um, And mashed potatoes. Yes. <laughs> which, which Beth
3: adores. I do. I do, too. I never met a
0: potato. Mm-hmm. I didn't like potatoes you know?
3: are great. Mashed potatoes, french fries. Oh, sure. I mean, yes. either of those, I'll and I'll them. say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then
2: the stuff and muffins. And my mom loves green bean casserole, so I always make green bean casserole. Oh, I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, um, and then I always do other stuff that I can eat, but that will enhance the meal. So I think this year I'm going to make a lasagna because lasagna holds a special place in my family history. Uh, my grandmother used to make lasagna for big holidays, especially Christmas. And a few years ago, my mom gave me the family lasagna pan. And so any excuse to use it, is a good a good day, and so I uh, just decided that I'm gonna make a lasagna too, and. Uh
3: And from a totally selfish perspective, if people eat the lasagna, that means there will be more leftover turkey for me to Mm -hmm. eat after.
0: So if you are a guest,
3: only eat the lasagna. Go for lasagna. I mean, it is delicious. I can attest to that. But yeah, I save the turkey. I only eat leftover turkey sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So
2: So we won't share this with their friends and family until after the Thanksgiving. That's probably a good plan. Hands off, Beth's food. Really really i do this for beth this whole meal is for beth uh and if it were not for beth there would be no turkey ma- no mashed potatoes i'm just kidding but there would <laughs> probably be less of it uh, but yeah so but it's always it's a great day and i um it holds a really special meaning to me for lots of reasons um uh, uh but it, it it's a great day and uh so we try to fill it up with people that we love. Uh, Beth has a cousin who's from the Quad Cities who will come with her husband and their three boys. Uh, a good friend of mine who is a former colleague who is also now living in the Quad Cities um, is coming back. He said, we're getting out of Dodge for, uh, for Thanksgiving and they're gonna come with their kids. And we actually did a couple years ago a, a Friendsgiving with them uh, a couple weeks after Thanksgiving because their family Thanksgiving fell apart. There was there's a story there, uh, but they didn't get much of a Thanksgiving. So I said, well, let's have Thanksgiving. So we did it uh, in December and or January, something like that. Anyway,
3: I obviously did not object yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, yeah, to yeah, so. potatoes and yeah. turkey yeah. and again. stuff and muffins yeah. again. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> I,
0: I see a clear pattern. Yes. <laughs> yes. so
3: Always say yes to Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And then we always invite students, and every year we have students over. Uh, those who sometimes are international students who can't leave. Um, sometimes they're just students who have to stay and work or from the area or might not have much going on. So we try to get as many people fed uh, around the table with love as we can. So. We, uh, last week, we kind of were comparing notes about who we'd invited, and we realized that we invited a lot of people, and that all of them (laughs) said yes, Uh, which we're okay with, absolutely. The more, the merrier, so,
3: yeah. We just have to figure out where everybody's going to sit. That's all right. You know, there's
0: always the floor. There's Mm -hmm. always the floor. And And I am sure everyone will be happy with a plate, a fork, and a floor. Yeah. It's all you need. And friends. friends. And friends. friends. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: so... Certainly. but uh, yeah yeah
0: so when you're talking about students and mm-hmm. inviting students mm-hmm. i i know you've done a lot with students and their um need for high quality food and really sometimes just any kind of food right yeah and have maybe done i don't know if your research is mm-hmm. student specific mm-hmm. is it yep. okay yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got interested in sure. that, and the research that you've done, and, sure. and your um, thought process with yeah. that.
2: Well, I've always been I've always been interested in um, the the people in our society who are marginalized, um, and I've been studying poverty and homelessness and hunger for decades. Um, even in, in uh, when I was working on my master's degree, I was looking at these issues, and um, so when I moved down, when we moved down to Charleston, uh, one of the things that the first things that I did was I tried to find just some local statistics about what was happening. Um, I actually had to come and visit, and, and had my interview, and got tours of the city, and accepted the job before Beth even came down here. So. When we finally got a chance to show around, we drove around, and we had a series of conversations with people, and they were just kind of talking about how um, poverty was in the area. And so uh, I started looking up information, and, and there wasn't really much of anything. And so uh, I'm the kind of person, that if I have a question and I can't find the answer, then I'm going to find the answer in, in a way that so I can answer it. And so I started looking at poverty locally and uh, looking at the poverty level in Coles County, then in sort of the eastern Illinois region. Uh, and a couple years ago, as I was working with that project, I started noticing an increase more and more of students on campus um, really struggling and showing signs without saying that they were Uh, going through um, periods where they weren't eating enough, not because they're college students and they're stressed out, but because they're college students and they couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting really curious about that and then um, had to get a few other things to go through first, uh, like tenure. Uh, And then I was allowed to um, start asking harder questions like that and really look at what was happening on campus. And so for the past two years, I just ended the second round of my survey last week uh, have been surveying our student body at Eastern about food insecurity issues. And food insecurity is about um, not having access to high-quality, nutritious, uh, adequate supplies of food uh, on a daily basis that you could wake up tomorrow and not know if you're going to have enough meals to get through that day. Um, but, you know, the kicker also is that, that it's actually high-quality and nutritious. So like I'll tease my students that the Doritos and the Red Bull that <laughs> they bring to breakfast, while it's what they wanted to have, uh, is not high-quality and nutritious. But most of them have the choice. Uh, some of them don't. And if you don't have the choice uh, to have that level of food, then um, that's what we call food insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so, so for the past two years, I've been looking at this and um, just uh, put out, um, I, I like to do infographics, uh, because they're a lot easier for people to digest than like an r- actual research paper, mm-hmm. even though I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on finishing up a research paper now about this first round. Um, but I, so I put out infographics and um, have been speaking out in the community and on campus uh, about uh, several of the different findings and things that I found. Uh, November, uh, Eastern is Hunger Action Month, where I actually get to work with Beth in her office, and we put together, well, they put together, they were the real programming people, um, lots of programming about education and empowerment around the issue of hunger and food insecurity and poverty, uh, not only on campus, but in the region, uh, so we get to do a lot around it.
3: It is a lot of fun, yeah. um, you know. It's a it's a really over. It can be really overwhelming when you start thinking about, you know, forty percent of our EIU students um, have risk factors to show that wow. they could be food insecure. That is
0: something. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that oh. not. Yeah,
3: and then you start thinking about, well, what are the academic outcomes? You know, how is this going to impede people from being successful in the classroom? How is it going to impede sure. people from being able to be successful to get to graduation? You know, it just is a compounding issue, and so then it can just feel like, oh my god, this is so huge, like where do we even start? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where the Hunger Action Month events have come into play. And we do things year round. But, you know, we're taking students to the Charleston Food Pantry every single Thursday night um, so that they know that there is a food pantry here in town. It is accessible to them. It is a friendly and safe space where they're not going to be judged if they need to get support putting food on the table. And they they also can volunteer and give back. And it's only two hours. So it doesn't take a ton of time, Mm -hmm. whether you're food insecure or not, to do some good and put food on the table for other people um We also, uh, throughout the month of November, we're doing um, new this year called, it's called HUA, which is Huddle Up Against Hunger, and we've partnered with athletics. And so they were collecting canned goods um, to be donated to all of the different local pantries at at very specific uh, athletic events throughout the month of November. We've got people participating or departments participating in coin wars, raising money for the local food pantries. Because if I go to the store and I have my $1 and I buy a can of green beans, and then I can donate that. To the local food pantry if i took that dollar and gave it to the food pantry itself they can turn around and buy ten dollars worth of food because of their buying power um and so it's always better to give cash to food pantries than to give them a canned donation obviously giving if you can't give cash and you can't give a canned good um that's the best option but um it's that's it just great, is an yeah. easy way that is good yeah.
1: because yeah. i had no idea yeah. I mean, yeah you know we've donated food yeah. before but um, that is a yeah. great
3: tip. Yeah. It's the other thing that a lot of people don't, I mean, because and I'm very guilty of this. When I open the cupboard, I, I'm like, well, I don't really want to eat this. It's been in here for a while, sure. and so that's what's donated. Um, but the number one thing that food pantries need is canned meat. So yeah. things like ravioli or canned chicken because mm-hmm. the protein mm-hmm. has to be part of I mean, sorry. I know you get your protein other ways, um, but that is a staple to the things that are given to the families mm-hmm. that come through. Yeah, because um,
2: in other canned foods, there's no protein in there. Right. You know, green mm-hmm. beans and mm-hmm. and whatnot, corn, all that is pretty proteinless. So unless you have an access to a source. Uh, but the pantry, the local pantry, gives away lots of frozen meats mm-hmm. that get donated, like full like slabs of ribs, and they'll have um, turkeys. will have turkeys this and, month because yeah. it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So they do they do make an effort for that too. But still, just having that shelf stable meat mm-hmm. that's a good protein source. So very
0: good. Yeah, yeah I I hadn't really thought about that. No. Um, but what would you recommend that people who um, I, I guess two questions. One is, for those of us who have the ability mm-hmm. to support others in our community beyond November, mm-hmm. what what would be your top tip to um, to tell folks, hey, here's how you can get involved. Here's what you can do to support your community. Mm-hmm. And then the other question is, if you're listening to this and you do have some food insecurities, mm-hmm. where can what, you go? Right. What can you do?
2: Um, well, I'll take the second question first. There, uh, there's a website called Feeding America, which is the national uh, hub for all the food banks and food pantries in our country. Uh, it's sort of the umbrella group. And uh, if you, you can just Google that, Feeding America. Okay. Um, and I'll
0: drop that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh,
2: and you can actually search there for your local food pantry and for help. Uh, based on wherever you're at. So it's nationwide. Um, If you're in Illinois, you're in the East Central Illinois area. The uh, Eastern Illinois Food Bank is our area food bank, and they have the same sort of function. They're a member of Feeding America. And so they, on their website, you can search uh, specifically for your city or your county, wherever you're at. Um, Food pantries are really the number one way that we can connect people with food on a regular basis. They have regular schedules. They have regular friendly faces. Um, Around the holidays, there's usually sort of pop-up things at churches or other philanthropic groups will have uh, dinners or or turkey uh, meals on Thanksgiving. Um, But those are just special for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, but the year-round, and I guess this would go to the first question, one of the tips is, you know, if you're thinking about these issues and how you can help, know, first of all, this, it's not a seasonal thing. It happens year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's times in the season that it increases or decreases, especially for families with children because of school. Um, most, most children who are poor will qualify for free or reduced lunch during the school year, but during the summertime, obviously there's no school, uh, there's no food. Um, and that stresses families out holiday time, uh, anytime there's a break like that. So, um, but it's a year round thing. We get very generous around the holidays and then, um, and then sort of February hits and all of a sudden, uh, we kind of get back into our other routines too. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so, so there is help available and it's really easy to get to, uh, Feeding America, uh, is that, um, and then you can just search and look for, for any food pantries in your area. You want to add to that? Nope. Okay. And
3: and donate donate cash. Yeah. Well, yeah. And (laughs) if you are able.
2: Yeah. And so, yeah, cash is always good. And I'm not. I'm a hard. I'm not a fundraiser. I have a hard time asking people for cash, uh, and I'm grateful for anything that people want to give. But I'm also a sociologist, and I know that people have a hard time not seeing the sort of end product of their giving. That we have. uh, We have altruistic tendencies where we want to see what we're giving kind of get put into motion and, and so giving a can of food is really easy thing to do um, but that cash can go so much further and uh, i don't think that's a lot uh, something that a lot of people realize um, that that cash can be turned around and it can and it can actually get food that pantries need uh, like canned meat, or mm-hmm. if they're running low on something, uh, sometimes the food banks will have some toiletries and things that they might. Usually, they don't, but um, some other stuff that they can get uh, their hands on to to help families out. So, um, a lot of times, I could see I could talk about this forever. <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of times, we clearly have a passion. Yeah. Well, both of you yeah. do. Um, a lot of times, families who struggle with food struggle with other things as well, mm-hmm. from the basics, shampoo, soap um, you know, um, products that females need, uh, for sanitary reasons, uh, toilet paper, you name it. Um, and things like socks, gloves, hats are, are really like godsends for people who are living at the margins. So it's not, so if, you know, like a couple years ago, my mom, uh, uh, just sat and knitted hats. Uh, and donated, I don't know, twenty-five, thirty knitted hats uh, to one of the local organizations here, mm-hmm. uh, just because she could. And that stuff, cool. that stuff goes a long way. So mm-hmm. maybe you don't have a lot of money, but you have something that There's you love to do. something that you can do.
1: There's you can always, give your time. Yeah, you know? time Nothing is. Else. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So.
3: One other thing that I just want to throw out there that I didn't know before I started working with One Stop Community Christmas, which is a whole other conversation for a whole other day. (laughs) Um, But if you are getting assistance, so if you're using food stamps, you can't use food stamps to buy things like toilet paper, paper towel. If you have a baby, you can't use those for diapers. You can't use them for, uh, you know... but those are items that every household needs right Right, but if you're already struggling and making tough decisions do i put food on the table or do i pay rent right like do i keep a roof Mm -hmm. over our heads things like toilet paper isn't going to ever win as the priority and so it's it's about finding those local organizations that can help do something to support Mm -hmm. you in that way Mm -hmm. so very good
2: and we do, we do have an uh, organization near campus, the um, Newman Catholic Center, mm-hmm. uh, which has a food pantry there specifically for the EIU community, not just students, but for faculty and staff as well. Um, and the only thing you need is your EIU ID uh, to go there, too. And that, um, that work came out of a lot of what Beth's office and some of my research has shown, and they've been able to expand those hours, too. So that really is sort of our campus food pantry mm-hmm there so there's there's help all over the place nice. uh to get that so
0: yeah great well thank you wow um can we get that's some cowbell great. for that Yeah, oh, i think we should have some cowbell yeah. clearly Definitely. that is a cowbell yes. moment yes. there yeah. will be cowbell <laughs> we did it we did cowbell worthy <laughs> A lot yeah. of information lot. packed in yes. this episode. Thank mm-hmm. you so much You're for that. Yeah, you yeah. both have been really fantastic. appreciate that. Thank you.
1: And
2: in the show notes, you can put my email in there. If people want to contact okay. me yes. if they have questions or if they're looking for Thank a speaker you. or something. I, you know, that's part of it. You know, it's really education. Have to be more passionate, maybe. I know. About I'll yeah, if so we can pull you know,
0: some passion on. out, I will and, try to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. will see, see what we I can do
1: there. So great. So until next time, see ya. See ya.
0: See ya. Adios. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Farm Chatter, the official podcast of Five Feline Farm. We hope you enjoyed our show. To find out more about our farm products, check out our online store at fivefelinefarm.com slash mercantile. For even more Five Feline Farm goodness, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our blog at fivefelinefarm.com. Until next time.